Section 10 of State of the Union Addresses, 1849 through 1856. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Gary B. Clayton. State of the Union Address, Franklin Pierce, December 5, 1853, Part 2. During the last fiscal year, 9,819,411 acres of the public lands have been surveyed, and 10,363,891 acres brought into market. Within the same period, the sales by public purchase and private entry amounted to 1,083,495 acres. Located under military bounties and warrants, 6,142,360 acres. Located under other certificates, 9,427 acres. Ceded to the states as swamp lands, 16,684,253 acres. Selected for railroad and other objects under Acts of Congress, 1,427,457 acres. Total amount of lands disposed of within the fiscal year, 25,346,992 acres, which is an increase in quantity sold and located under land warrants and grants of 12,231,818 acres over the fiscal year immediately preceding. The quantity of land sold during the second and third quarters of 1852 was 334,451 acres. The amount received, therefore, was $623,687. The quantity sold the second and third quarters of the year 1853 was 1,609,919 acres, and the amount received, therefore, $2,226,876. The whole number of land warrants issued under existing laws prior to the 30th of September last was 266,042, of which there were outstanding at that date 66,947. The quantity of land required to satisfy these outstanding warrants is 4,778,120 acres. Warrants have been issued to 30th of September last under the Act of 11th February 1847, calling for 12,879,280 acres. Under Acts of September 28, 1850 and March 22, 1852, calling for 12,505,360 acres, making a total of 25,384,640 acres. It is believed that experience has verified the wisdom and justice of the present system with regard to the public domain in most essential particulars. You will perceive from the report of the Secretary of the Interior that opinions which have often been expressed in relation to the operation of the land system as not being a source of revenue to the Federal Treasury were erroneous. The net profits from the sale of the public lands to June 30, 1853, amounted to the sum of $53,289,465. I recommend the extension of the land system over the territories of Utah and New Mexico, with such modifications as their peculiarities may require. 
regarding our public domain as chiefly valuable to provide homes for the industrious and enterprising i am not prepared to recommend any essential change in the land system except by modifications in favor of the actual settler and an extension of the preemption principle in certain cases for reasons and on grounds which will be fully developed in the reports to be laid before you congress representing the proprietors of the territorial domain and charged especially with power to dispose of territory belonging to the united states has for a long course of years beginning with the administration of mr jefferson exercised the power to construct roads within the territories and there are so many and obvious distinctions between this exercise of power and that of making roads within the states that the former has never been considered subject to such objections as apply to the latter and such may now be considered the settled construction of the power of the federal government upon the subject numerous applications have been made and no doubt will continue to be made for grants of land in aid of the construction of railways it is not believed to be within the intent and meaning of the constitution that the power to dispose of the public domain should be used otherwise than might be expected from a prudent proprietor and therefore that grants of land to aid in the construction of roads should be restricted to cases where it would be for the interest of a proprietor under like circumstances thus to contribute to the construction of these works for the practical operation of such grants thus far in advancing the interests of the states in which the works are located and at the same time the substantial interests of all the other states by enhancing the value and promoting the rapid sale of the public domain i refer you to the report of the secretary of the interior a careful examination however will show that this experience is the result of a just discrimination and will be far from affording encouragement to a reckless or indiscriminate extension of the principle i commend to your favorable consideration the men of genius of our country who by their inventions and discoveries and science and arts have contributed largely to the improvements of the age without in many instances securing for themselves anything like an adequate reward for many interesting details upon this subject i refer you to the appropriate reports and especially urge upon your early attention the apparently slight but really important modifications of existing laws therein suggested the liberal spirit which has so long marked the action of congress in relation to the district of columbia will i have no doubt continue to be manifested the erection of an asylum for the insane of the district of columbia and of the army and navy of the united states has been somewhat retarded by the great demand for materials and labor during the past summer but full preparation for the reception of patients before the return of another winter is anticipated and there is the best reason to believe from the plan and contemplated arrangements which have been devised with the large experience furnished within the last few years in relation to the nature and treatment of the disease that it will prove an asylum indeed to this most helpless and afflicted class of sufferers and stand as a noble monument of wisdom and mercy under the acts of congress of august thirty first eighteen fifty two and of march third eighteen fifty three designed to secure for the cities of washington and georgetown an abundant supply of good and wholesome water it became my duty to examine the report and plans of the engineer who had charge of the surveys under the act first name the best if not the only plan calculated to secure permanently the object sought was that which contemplates taking the water from the great falls of the potomac and consequently i gave to it my approval 
for the progress and present condition of this important work and for its demands so far as appropriations are concerned i refer you to the report of the secretary of war the present judicial system of the united states has now been in operation for so long a period of time and has in its general theory and much of its details become so familiar to the country and acquired so entirely the public confidence that if modified in any respect it should only be in those particulars which may adapt it to the increased extent population and legal business of the united states in this relation the organization of the courts is now confessedly inadequate to the duties to be performed by them in consequence of which the states of florida wisconsin iowa texas and california and districts of other states are in effect excluded from the full benefits of the general system by the functions of the circuit court being devolved on the district judges in all those states or parts of states the spirit of the constitution and a due regard for justice require that all the states of the union should be placed on the same footing in regard to the judicial tribunals i therefore commend to your consideration this important subject which in my judgment demands the speedy action of congress i will present to you if deemed desirable a plan which i am prepared to recommend for the enlargement and modification of the present judicial system the act of congress establishing the smithsonian institution provided that the president of the united states and other persons therein designated should constitute an establishment by that name and that the members should hold stated and special meetings for the supervision of the affairs of the institution the organization not having taken place it seemed to me proper that it should be effected without delay this has been done and an occasion was thereby presented for inspecting the condition of the institution and appreciating its successful progress thus far and its high promise of great and general usefulness i have omitted to ask your favorable consideration for the estimates of works of a local character in twenty-seven of the thirty-one states amounting to one million seven hundred fifty four thousand five hundred dollars because independently of the grounds which have so often been urged against the application of the federal revenue for works of this character inequality with consequent injustice is inherent in the nature of the proposition and because the plan has proved entirely inadequate to the accomplishment of the objects sought the subject of internal improvements claiming alike the interest and good will of all has nevertheless been the basis of much political discussion and has stood as a deep graven line of division between statesmen of eminent ability and patriotism the rule of strict construction of all powers delegated by the states to the general government has arrayed itself from time to time against the rapid progress of expenditures from the national treasury on works of a local character within the states memorable as an epoch in the history of this subject is the message of president jackson of the twenty seventh of may eighteen thirty which met the system of internal improvements in its comparative infancy but so rapid had been its growth that the projected appropriation in that year for works of this character had risen to the alarming amount of more than one hundred million dollars in that message the president admitted the difficulty of bringing back the operations of the government to the construction of the constitution set up in seventeen ninety eight and marked it as an admonitory proof of the necessity of guarding that instrument with sleepless vigilance against the authority of precedents which had not the sanction of its most plainly defined powers our government exists under a written compact between sovereign states uniting for specific objects and with specific grants to their general agent 
if then in the progress of its administration there have been departures from the terms and intent of the compact it is and will ever be proper to refer back to the fixed standard which our fathers left us and to make a stern effort to conform our action to it it would seem that the fact of a principle having been resisted from the first by many of the wisest and most patriotic men of the republic and a policy having provoked constant strife without arriving at a conclusion which can be regarded as satisfactory to its most earnest advocates should suggest the inquiry whether there may not be a plan likely to be crowned by happier results without perceiving any sound distinction or intending to assert any principle as opposed to improvements needed for the protection of internal commerce which does not equally apply to improvements upon the seaboard for the protection of foreign commerce i submit to you whether it may not be safely anticipated that if the policy were once settled against appropriations by the general government for local improvements for the benefit of commerce localities requiring expenditures would not by modes and means clearly legitimate and proper raise the fund necessary for such constructions as the safety or other interests of their commerce might require if that can be regarded as a system in which the experience of more than thirty years has at no time so commanded the public judgment as to give it the character of a subtle policy which though it has produced some works of conceded importance has been attended with an expenditure quite disproportionate to their value and has resulted in squandering large sums upon objects which have answered no valuable purpose the interests of all the states require it to be abandoned unless hopes may be indulged for the future which find no warrant in the past with an anxious desire for the completion of the works which are regarded by all good citizens with sincere interest i have deemed it my duty to ask at your hands a deliberate reconsideration of the question with a hope that animated by a desire to promote the permanent and substantial interests of the country your wisdom may prove equal to the task of devising and maturing a plan which applied to the subject may promise something better than constant strife the suspension of the powers of local enterprise the exciting of vain hopes and the disappointment of cherished expectations in expending the appropriations made by the last congress several cases have arisen in relation to works for the improvement of harbors which involve questions as to the right of soil and jurisdiction and have threatened conflict between the authority of the state and general governments the right to construct a breakwater jetty or dam would seem necessarily to carry with it the power to protect and preserve such constructions this can only be effectually done by having jurisdiction over the soil but no clause of the constitution is found on which to rest the claim of the united states to exercise jurisdiction over the soil of a state except that conferred by the eighth section of the first article of the constitution it is then submitted whether in all cases where constructions are to be erected by the general government the right of soil should not first be obtained and legislative provision be made to cover all such cases for the progress made in the construction of roads within the territories as provided for in the appropriations of the last congress i refer to you the report of the secretary of war there is one subject of a domestic nature which from its intrinsic importance in the many interesting questions of future policy which it involves cannot fail to receive your early attention i allude to the means of communication by which different parts of the wide expanse of our country are to be placed in closer connection for purposes of both defense and commercial intercourse 
and more especially such as appertain to the communication of those great divisions of the union which lie on the opposite sides of the rocky mountains that the government has not been unmindful of this heretofore is apparent from the aid it has afforded through appropriations for mail facilities and other purposes but the general subject will now present itself under aspects more imposing and more purely national by reason of the surveys ordered by congress and now in the process of completion for communication by railway across the continent and wholly within the limits of the united states the power to declare war to raise and support armies to provide and maintain a navy and to call forth the militia to execute the laws suppress insurrections and repel invasions was conferred upon congress as a means to provide for the common defense and to protect a territory and a population now widespread and vastly multiplied as incidental to and indispensable for the exercise of this power it must sometimes be necessary to construct military roads and protect harbors of refuge to appropriations by congress for such objects no sound objection can be raised happily for our country its peaceful policy and rapidly increasing population impose upon us no urgent necessity for preparation and leave but few trackless deserts between assailable points and a patriotic people ever ready and generally able to protect them these necessary links the enterprise and energy of our people are steadily and boldly struggling to supply all experience affirms that whenever private enterprise will avail it is most wise for the general government to leave to that and individual watchfulness the location and execution of all means of communication the surveys before alluded to were designed to ascertain the most practicable and economical route for a railroad from the river mississippi to the pacific ocean parties are now in the field making explorations where previous examinations had not supplied sufficient data and where there was the best reason to hope the object sought might be found the means and time being both limited it is not to be expected that all the accurate knowledge desired will be obtained but it is hoped that much and important information will be added to the stock previously possessed and that partial if not full reports of the surveys ordered will be received in time for transmission to the two houses of congress on or before the first monday in february next as required by the act of appropriation the magnitude of the enterprise contemplated has aroused and will doubtless continue to excite a very general interest throughout the country in its political its commercial and its military bearings it has varied great and increasing claims to consideration the heavy expense the great delay and at times fatality attending travel by either of the isthmus routes have demonstrated the advantage which would result from interterritorial communication by such safe and rapid means as a railroad would supply these difficulties which have been encountered in a period of peace would be magnified and still further increased in time of war but whilst the embarrassments already encountered and others under new contingencies to be anticipated may serve strikingly to exhibit the importance of such a work neither these nor all considerations combined can have an appreciable value when weighed against the obligation strictly to adhere to the constitution and faithfully to execute the powers it confers within this limit and to the extent of the interest of the government involved it would seem both expedient and proper if an economical and practicable route shall be found to aid by all constitutional means in the construction of a road which will unite by speedy transit the populations of the pacific and atlantic states 
to guard against misconception it should be remarked that although the power to construct or aid in the construction of a road within the limits of a territory is not embarrassed by that question of jurisdiction which would arise within the limits of a state it is nevertheless held to be of doubtful power and more than doubtful propriety even within the limits of a territory for the general government to undertake to administer the affairs of a railroad a canal or similar construction and therefore that its connection with a work of this character should be incidental rather than primary i will only add at present that fully appreciating the magnitude of the subject and solicitous that the atlantic and pacific shores of the republic may be bound together by inseparable ties of common interest as well as of common fealty and attachment to the union i shall be disposed so far as my own action is concerned to follow the lights of the constitution as expounded and illustrated by those whose opinions and expositions constitute the standard of my political faith in regard to the powers of the federal government it is i trust not necessary to say that no grandeur of enterprise and no present urgent inducement promising popular favor will lead me to disregard those lights or to depart from that path which experience has proved to be safe and which is now radiant with the glow of prosperity and legitimate constitutional progress we can afford to wait but we cannot afford to overlook the arc of our security it is no part of my purpose to give prominence to any subject which may properly be regarded as set at rest by the deliberate judgment of the people but while the present is bright with promise and the future full of demand and inducement for the exercise of active intelligence the past can never be without useful lessons of admonition and instruction if its dangers serve not as beacons they will evidently fail to fulfil the object of a wise design when the grave shall have closed over all who are now endeavoring to meet the obligations of duty the year eighteen fifty will be recurred to as a period filled with anxious apprehension a successful war had just terminated peace brought with it a vast augmentation of territory disturbing questions arose bearing upon the domestic institutions of one portion of the confederacy and involving the constitutional rights of the states but notwithstanding differences of opinion and sentiment which then existed in relation to details and specific provisions the acquiescence of distinguished citizens whose devotion to the union can never be doubted has given renewed vigor to our institutions and restored a sense of repose and security to the public mind throughout the confederacy that this repose is to suffer no shock during my official term if i have power to avert it those who place me here may be assured the wisdom of men who knew what independence cost who had put all at stake upon the issue of the revolutionary struggle disposed of the subject to which i refer in the only way consistent with the union of these states and with the march of power and prosperity which has made us what we are it is a significant fact that from the adoption of the constitution until the officers and soldiers of the revolution have passed to their graves or through the infirmity of age and wounds had ceased to participate actively in public affairs there was not merely a quiet acquiescence in but a prompt vindication of the constitutional rights of the states the reserve powers were scrupulously respected no statesman put forth the narrow views of casuists to justify interference and agitation 
but the spirit of the compact was regarded as sacred in the eye of honor and indispensable for the great experiment of civil liberty which environed by inherent difficulties was yet borne forward in apparent weakness by a power superior to all obstacles there is no condemnation which the voice of freedom will not pronounce upon us should we prove faithless to this great trust while men inhabiting different parts of this vast continent can no more be expected to hold the same opinions or entertain the same sentiments than every variety of climate or soil can be expected to furnish the same agricultural products they can unite in a common object and sustain common principles essential to the maintenance of that object the gallant men of the south and the north could stand together during the struggle of the revolution they could stand together in the more trying period which succeeded the clangor of arms as their united valor was adequate to all the trials of the camp and dangers of the field so their united wisdom proved equal to the greater task of founding upon a deep and broad basis institutions which it has been our privilege to enjoy and will ever be our most sacred duty to sustain it is but the feeble expression of a faith strong and universal to say that their sons whose blood mingled so often upon the same field during the war of eighteen twelve and who have more recently borne in triumph the flag of the country upon a sovereign soil will never permit alienation of feelings to weaken the power of their united efforts nor internal dissensions to paralyze the great arm of freedom uplifted for the vindication of self-government i have thus briefly presented such suggestions as seem to me especially worthy of your consideration in providing for the present you can hardly fail to avail yourselves of the light which the experience of the past casts upon the future the growth of our population has now brought us in the destined career of our national history to a point at which it well behooves us to expand our vision over the vast prospective the successive decennial returns of the census since the adoption of the constitution have revealed a law of steady progressive development which may be stated in general terms as a duplication every quarter century carry forward from the point already reached for only a short period of time as applicable to the existence of a nation this law of progress if unchecked will bring us to almost incredible results a large allowance for a diminished proportional effect of emigration would not very materially reduce the estimate while the increased average duration of human life known to have already resulted from the scientific and hygienic improvements of the past fifty years will tend to keep up through the next fifty or perhaps hundred the same ratio of growth which has been thus revealed in our past progress and to the influence of these causes may be added the influx of laboring masses from eastern asia to the pacific side of our possessions together with the probable accession of the populations already existing in other parts of our hemisphere which within the period in question will feel with yearly increasing force the natural attraction of so vast powerful and prosperous a confederation of self-governing republics and will seek the privilege of being admitted within its safe and happy bosom transferring with themselves by a peaceful and healthy process of incorporation spacious regions of virgin and exuberant soil which are destined to swarm with the fast-growing and fast-spreading millions of our race these considerations seem fully to justify the presumption that the law of population above stated will continue to act with undiminished effect through at least the next half-century 
and that thousands of persons who have already arrived at maturity and are now exercising the rights of freemen will close their eyes on the spectacle of more than one hundred million of population embraced within the majestic proportions of the american union it is not merely as an interesting topic of speculation that i present these views for your consideration they have important practical bearings upon all the political duties we are called upon to perform heretofore our system of government has worked on what may be termed a miniature scale in comparison with the development which it must thus assume within a future so near at hand as scarcely to be beyond the present of the existing generation it is evident that a confederation so vast and so varied both in numbers and in territorial extent in habits and in interests could only be kept in national cohesion by the strictest fidelity to the principles of the constitution as understood by those who have adhered to the most restricted construction of the powers granted by the people and the states interpreted and applied according to those principles the great compact adapts itself with healthy ease and freedom to an unlimited extension of that benign system of federative self-government of which it is our glorious and i trust immortal charter let us then with redoubled vigilance be on our guard against yielding to the temptation of the exercise of doubtful powers even under the pressure of the motives of conceded temporary advantage and apparent temporary expediency the minimum of federal government compatible with the maintenance of national unity and efficient action in our relations with the rest of the world should afford the rule and measure of construction of our powers under the general clauses of the constitution a spirit of strict deference to the sovereign rights and dignity of every state rather than a disposition to subordinate the states into a provincial relation to the central authority should characterize all our exercise of the respective powers temporarily vested in us as a sacred trust from the generous confidence of our constituents in like manner as a manifestly indispensable condition of the perpetuation of the union and of the realization of that magnificent national future adverted to does the duty become yearly stronger and clearer upon us as citizens of the several states to cultivate a fraternal and affectionate spirit language and conduct in regard to other states and in relation to the varied interests institutions and habits of sentiment and opinion which may respectively characterize them mutual forbearance respect and non-interference in our personal action as citizens and an enlarged exercise of the most liberal principles of comity in the public dealings of state with state whether in legislation or in the execution of laws are the means to perpetuate that confidence and fraternity the decay of which a mere political union on so vast a scale could not long survive in still another point of view is an important practical duty suggested by this consideration of the magnitude of dimensions to which our political system with its corresponding machinery of government is so rapidly expanding with increased vigilance does it require us to cultivate the cardinal virtues of public frugality and official integrity and purity public affairs ought to be so conducted that a settled conviction shall pervade the entire union that nothing short of the highest tone and standard of public morality marks every part of the administration and legislation of the general government thus will the federal system whatever expansion time and progress may give it continue more and more deeply rooted in the love and confidence of the people that wise economy which is as far removed from parsimony as from corrupt and corrupting extravagance 
that single regard for the public good which will frown upon all attempts to approach the treasury with insidious projects of private interest cloaked under public pretexts that sound fiscal administration which in the legislative department guards against the dangerous temptations incident to overflowing revenue and in the executive maintains an unsleeping watchfulness against the tendency of all national expenditure to extravagance while they are admitted elementary political duties may i trust be deemed as properly averted to and urged in view of the more impressive sense of that necessity which is directly suggested by the considerations now presented since the adjournment of congress the vice-president of the united states has passed from the scenes of earth without having entered upon the duties of the station to which he had been called by the voice of his countrymen having occupied almost continuously for more than thirty years a seat in one or the other of the two houses of congress and having by his singular purity and wisdom secured unbounded confidence and universal respect his failing health was watched by the nation with painful solicitude his loss to the country under all the circumstances has been justly regarded as irreparable in compliance with the act of congress of march second eighteen fifty three the oath of office was administered to him on the twenty fourth of that month at ariadne estate near mantanzas in the island of cuba but his strength gradually declined and was hardly sufficient to enable him to return to his home in alabama where on the eighteenth day of april in the most calm and peaceful way his long and eminently useful career was terminated entertaining unlimited confidence in your intelligent and patriotic devotion to the public interest and being conscious of no motives on my part which are not inseparable from the honor and advancement of my country i hope it may be my privilege to deserve and secure not only your cordial cooperation and great public measures but also those relations of mutual confidence and regard which it is always so desirable to cultivate between members of coordinate branches of the government End of section 10. Recording by Gary B. Clayton.